Hello and welcome to the Open Blend podcast. My name is Anna Rasmussen. I'm the founder and CEO of Open Blend. Open Blend is a people-centered performance tool that drives productivity and builds high-performing teams, either remotely or face-to-face. We do this by enabling managers to support all aspects of an individual's development journey, objectives, key drivers, well-being and feedback, and all of which is underpinned and supported with coaching frameworks. Our Open Blend podcast series is designed for anyone interested in how some of the most progressive people-centric leaders in the UK have become icons in their space. We all learn and are inspired by role models and throughout this series we'll expose you to some of the best and enable just that. So our next guest in this series is Dave Parry, CPO at Gymshark, one of the UK's fastest growing companies. With culture at the centre of everything that Gymshark does, um, Dave is responsible for all things people, from employer brand and recruitment, personal development and performance, to health and wellbeing. So his job is essentially to ensure that culture remains the number one priority for Gymshark across the globe. In this episode of the Open Blend podcast, I had the pleasure of talking to Dave about what is so special about the Gymshark culture, how finding a better normal is a high priority, how Gymshark have used OpenBlend to drive relationships at this critical time and how they've responded to COVID-19, not just in the community, but also internally. And what I found fascinating about this is how everything they've done has driven their engagement scores through the roof. We will also discuss his views around their BAME agenda. So thank you so much for joining us today, Dave. Let's start by um, asking you a question around telling me about telling us about yourself. So what is important to you? Um, thanks, Anna. Um, yeah, I'm Chief People Officer at Gymshark. Uh, I'm a very proud Welshman and Liverpool fan, so those things are important to me. But uh, family is number one, always number one. But from a work context, I think um, the people I work with and the environment I work in are, are crucial for my motivation, but also um, for me being able to engage with and sort of give something back to as part of my work. So those things are really important to me. Okay, so how, how did you get to where you are today? So CPO of Gymshark, what's, tell us a bit about your journey. Well, I suppose I'm still towards the end of my career rather than at the beginning, which is not like most people at Gymshark, I would say. And it's, uh-huh. it's been a very one starting in the in the armed forces many years ago. But, you know, I spent many years in, in corporate life um, in, in various roles. And I got to the point in my career where I realized, uh, you know, I wasn't getting fulfillment out, out of my roles. Um, and I started my own business up a, a number of years ago. Uh, helping other organizations with develop their leadership skills, their management skills and developing their culture because those are the things that have always fascinated me and uh, sort of motivated me. So I started my own own business a number of years ago, uh, working with lots of organizations around the UK and Northern Ireland. Uh, and then I was introduced to um, to Ben and Steve at Gymshark. And I remember meeting Steve and I remember walking into the office and, and realizing there was something quite special about this place. It was there's about 70 people at Gymshark at the time. The office was awful, but they loved it. And you walked in, there was an energy and a, a vibe about the place that I'd never really experienced before. And when I spoke to Steve and Ben and, you know, and their motivation about what they were building, I, I realised they were onto something special. Uh, so I agreed to do some work with these guys over a period of six months on maintaining their culture as they grew, because they knew they had something special, 70 people. Um, 
but how do you, how do you maintain that? You know, the growth aspirations were really, really ambitious. How do you maintain that culture? Because they saw it at the centre of it. So I agreed to do some work with them. I remember a couple of weeks in, Steve saying to me, you know, do you want to come and work for us? And I'd said, you know, I said, I'm, I've got my own business. I'm very happy. Thank you very much. I'm not employable anymore. And I like working with a variety of organisations. And then I think it was a couple of weeks later, I realised it was pretty special. Uh, and that all those things that I was attempting to achieve with other organisations, i.e. help with their culture, help with change, help with leadership, help with management, that the canvas was there for me to actually be involved from the, from the very start. Uh, so as I said, I was very happy in my own business, swore I'd never work for anybody again, and, and six months later I was working for them. I sort of spent that time winding my business down um, and becoming more and more full-time with Gymshark, and I've been there for just over three years now. And, and it is an absolute blast. It's an absolute ride, and culture is absolutely the centre of everything we do. Fantastic. So what, what was the culture? When there were 70 people and you went in and they were in this, you know, not very nice office space and you went in and you, you saw it was special straight away. What was the, how could you just describe the culture at that point? I think, um, I think the business has gone from, you know, quite entrepreneurial. So uh, there's a real energy about the place. There's nothing that you couldn't do. Um, I, I think that one of the biggest surprises for me was I, I think how many constraints there are in the corporate world, you know, you start with why you can't do something rather than why you can. And that wasn't Gymshark. The Gymshark was, if you can't do it, let's find a way. You know, there's no way that this won't work if we try hard enough or try a different way. And that was the sort of culture that it was full of uh, relatively young people, I would say, who weren't afraid to have a go. They hadn't had that knocked out of themselves in the corporate world. You know, if they, if they had an idea, Ben went, yeah, let's just go for it. Uh, and that's very much been Ben's style from the start as well. He's taken lots of risks. You know, I think, by his own admission, um, he's had he's had some luck, but he's 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 you know he's been really really clever in, in the way he's invested and, and worked in the business. But yeah, there's just that that energy, that group of people who really wanted to deliver something, really wanted to be part of something, uh, and wanted to build a community. And that 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 in itself was just you know it was an incredible atmosphere. Yeah, and and as you said, that created that canvas for you to build on as well. Okay, so what what is unique about the people at Gymshark? Well, I don't think the people at Gymshark are unique. We're all people, aren't we? But I think the way that we, I think the ten, the way we think about things, you know, disruption and being disruptive is one of the core core values of the business. So, you know, it, it's about thinking differently. You know, my background in HR and development, uh, there's a way of doing things. And one of my challenges when joining Gymshark was, okay, if that's the way, how do we do it differently? So it's always about finding a better way, a quicker way, a different way. Um, so, you know, so the people themselves aren't unique. I think the way that we allow people to make mistakes, um, we talk about working hard and staying humble, you know, and I think you know, when you think of the success, particularly Ben, you know, the, the success he's had, he's still incredibly humble. Uh, and and we, we, we work in that sort of environment every day. We're really successful. We go, great, successful today, move on. We need to be more successful tomorrow. So we don't, we, we don't spend too long patting ourselves on the back and, and we just crack on and do something else and move on to the next thing. So. You know, the motivation there is, is, is different. I don't know whether it's unique. I think it is. Um, I think people care about the organisation, and that is unique. You know, it's, it's, I think it's easy to find good people. It's easy to find um, creative people. It's easy to find talented people. But to find people who actually genuinely care about what they're doing takes a little bit more effort, and I think that does make a difference. People do care about the organisation and what we're trying to achieve. And how, and how do you scale that then so if, as you, you know, as you said you went from sort of 70 people to 
380 now. So you've, you're hiring these people in and, and you're obviously looking for capability and skill set, but you're looking for people that care. How do, how do you find that? I don't know. You tell me. It's, uh, it's, I'm still looking for that absolute nugget. But I think what it is, it, it's, it, it needs constant attention. You know, I think we talk as well about um, being good at your jobs, not enough. You know, you've got to be the sort of person that you want to work with as well. I think we all work with people in organisations who are, you know, technical geniuses, but actually not good for your culture. And I think in lots of organisations, people put up with that. You know, they, they say, oh, it's just, it's just Sue or it's just Bob. It's just how they are. I and mean, we don't accept that. You know, it's, 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 it's really important about how you work with people as well. So that, you could call it fit. I don't think that's the right thing because we're not looking for identical people to come in. But I think we're looking for like-minded people who are trying to achieve the same thing. Um, so, you know, it's, uh, that, that, that's something we really do focus on and look at. Um, we've got offices now in two offices in the UK. We've got an office in Germany, Hong Kong, Mauritius. We, we drop in the office in the US. And of course, you know, there'll be cultural differences across the globe. And we're not asking people to be Gymshark robots or anything like that. But there are certain elements of the culture that we really want to maintain. Um, you know, yep. some of the things that are non-negotiables, the, 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 the agility of the company, that, that, that fit, that that creating the environment where people feel that they can really flourish, you know, that, that's, a, that's an important part of our culture. So we're looking for people who, who will lead like that or be part of that team. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So given, given the situation with COVID-19 and um, lockdown and everyone having to work remotely, what, what issues have sprung up um, for Gymshark? Well, I think, um, we were a little bit ahead of the curve. We decided we'd do a trial for a week of working from home just to see how we got on. And we've not been back since. So we were very much, you know, thrown into this at the deep end. So um, we've had a number of challenges. We're incredibly fortunate that we're, you know, I know we, we, we did a clothing business, an online clothing business, but we're incredibly technically based as well. So, you know, the tech side of the business is really strong. So we've moved pretty seamlessly to moving from the office into into working from home. So that's, you know, Zoom's been amazing. The, the, the tech guys have kept kept us going fantastically well. And as I said to you before, there's probably only a handful of people or 20 people or so who need to be in the office. The guys who are actually touching the product on a daily basis who are developing the next season's products, they need to be there. But the rest of us, 380 or so in the UK, anyway, are working from home. Um, I think one of the biggest challenges we've had is, I mean, you've been to Gymshark HQ and, and it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's a fantastic office. It's a fantastic space. It's a social space. I think uh, you asked me what's unique about your people. I think we're pretty sociable. You know, I think that's a big part of working at Gymshark yeah. and suddenly that's been ripped away. Um, so that is a challenge. You know, when we talk to people, I think from a work perspective, people are doing a great job. Um, in fact, some teams, I think, would argue they're doing a better job uh, remotely just by the nature of the work they do. Yeah. But I think most people are struggling with that, that lack of the, the, the social element to it because it's a big part of what our culture was. We had a board meeting this morning. It was a big, it was a huge part of our discussion, you know, about how do we get back to work? Uh, and if we're not going to get back to work, we're going to look for a, a new normal, a better normal. And how much of that involves the office and how much of that to think involves doing things remotely. So I think it's, it's going to be a challenge. Okay. But, um, yeah, and I just think it's one we're just going to continue to work with, just like our general culture anyway. It's never done. You know, it's, this is something that we just, we'll keep working on. Yeah, 
permanently evolving. So the social aspects then are, are one issue that sprung up around COVID-19. How about sort of remote manager, management? How have your managers and individuals coped with, so there's a social aspect, which I understand, but obviously then the driving performance and the kind of interaction on a more of a micro and individualized level. Is, is, have any, is, is that been seamless in, the, in its transition or has anything come up around that? I think, you know, I think any organisation, you've got lots of different managers and lots of different styles. So I, I would imagine um, those challenges are quite personal to people, depending on, you know, how, how, how much interaction they had with their teams already. And is that taken away? Is that different with a Zoom calling anyway? So I think I can't, I can't speak for everybody, but obviously the, the, the remoteness of it changes the dynamic, I think, of the, of the normal day-to-day interaction. So clearly... Um, We've been encouraging all our managers and all our teams to stay in touch and to, to work as closely as possible with each other. So, you know, technological solutions, uh, something that's been a really big part of this uh, from a number of fronts, but that's staying in touch, you know, staying as part of a team. I think one of the challenges we've got at the moment is, you know, are we just, um, are we just trying to recreate the office online? Which is not gonna work. You know, we need to look for a new way to, to, to what is the new way? rather than just um, you know, being at home and trying to pretend we're in the office, we're not. So we're looking for other technologies and other ways of doing it. And a number of things have, you know, have worked really, really well as part of, of, of lockdown. Yeah. Okay. And, and have you, so your people in remote, remote environments, how, how have you, do you run engagement surveys or data? Are you aware of any sort of change in data um, from how engaged they are with the business since they've been away? Yeah, and, and we, we run a survey, we've been running a survey for three years now, um, a survey called Office Vibe, which is, um, it's a weekly survey, five questions go out to every single person every week, this is, I can't remember how many, a couple of hundred questions that are randomly generated, so we've got a, we've got a really clear pulse of the organisation we have had for, um, well, since I've been at the organisation, so just over, just over three years we've had this. Um, We've got really good data. Uh, it's regular. You know, we, we've, we've done big surveys in the past, annual ones that are completely outdated by the time you even get your data. This one is a weekly. We can watch the pulse. We can get feedback from, our, from our, uh, every single person or organisation regularly. The bizarre thing um, over the last three months is that our scores are consistently going up in, in virtually every area, whether it be relationship with manager, health and well-being, um, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting, and certainly ambassadorship of the company is actually through the roof. So clearly, we're doing something right in in engaging with our staff and managing our staff and caring for our staff because we've worked really really hard during lockdown to make sure that's been our number one priority. Can you give us some examples of things that you initiatives that you have put in place that might um, that, it, that impact engagement scores? So I think you've been do, you've been we, running initiatives that are for this sort of a, a wider purpose, haven't you, with the local hospital and things like that? I mean, if there's some examples of things that you've been doing, we've done a number of things. Yes, um, one of the things we um, we partnered since this with Birmingham Women's and Children's uh, Trust, uh, the hospital, the local hospital, um, and we've been volunteering since the start of lockdown. So we've had people volunteering every day and delivering um, per, uh, delivering medicines and prescriptions for people who are high risk and some people who can't travel about so we've had some of the team every day doing that for the last sort of three months or so and the hospital have been incredibly grateful for that we don't think it's a big thing but clearly to them it's been it's been a huge thing um i think last time i spoke to them was probably two or three weeks ago we've done something like six thousand miles 
in, in traveling traveling this stuff around uh, as well as that um one of our sort of community initiatives was we were appreciative that um nurses were constantly you know working really really hard every day we we're sat at home nice and comfortable and nurses and doctors and, and frontline staff were were sweating and working really really hard to keep us all safe so we ran a campaign called the sweaty selfie campaign and what we said that for every single person who exercised and then posted a selfie of themselves sweating with the title sweaty selfie campaign we donate five pounds to the birmingham women's and children's trust so we raised one hundred eighty thousand pounds for those guys um, another thing that we did was um, one of our tech guys, a guy called Mike Zhang, his brother's a paramedic. And um, as a paramedic, he was saying how short they were of, of face visors and face masks. And him and his brother actually purchased two 3D printers and they started printing visors off. And they just asked us if we could pay for some materials potentially. So we said, we don't want to take your initiative. This is your initiative away from you, but we want to support you. So we actually bought, uh, we could only get nine, I think. We bought nine 3D printers and set them up in the office and they'd been basically printing face visors off for the whole of uh, blackouts. So we've got people volunteering, going in and finishing them off. So they've done thousands of those face masks. So that's another nice initiative. Um, even our refuel, where you've had lunch before now, I think, I think Anna, our sort of yeah. restaurant in the office, which is amazing food, Kev and the team at Thomas Frank's, <coughs> excuse me, provide lots of food for us. They've been making food for NHS staff. They've been making 100 meals a day for NHS staff in Birmingham. So lots and lots of initiatives. You know, yeah. um, we've been doing a huge amount. We've been we've we've done particularly well, um, and we wanted to make sure that we gave back. And this is something we're going to continue to do. We're looking at maintaining. <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. We're looking at maintaining that relationship with um, the hospital. Uh, as we come out of COVID, but we're going to continue volunteering and doing lots of other things as well. Yeah, it's fantastic. No one, no wonder all those kind of initiatives are impacting on the engagement um, scores. So not surprised they're going I'm up. Yet, I oh, haven't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I was just trying to cover up stuff. your cough. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's the sort of stuff we've done sort of externally, really. We, we you know, we've been trying to engage the, the teams as well. We've sent little welcome packs to people, you know, little um, a handwritten note from Steve to everybody. And the chief exec with like a, a tea bag and a coffee, and like take a break and that sort of thing. So we we tr we've really tried to to make sure that we we've, we've kept that cultural feel despite the fact that people are at home. So we, you know we work really hard at that. And our, we've got healthy mind champions. Um, we've been working with with those guys um, and doing lots of stuff on health and well being and mental mental particularly uh, mental health and mental well being because we appreciate that you know people are challenged at the moment uh, and that remote working can can manifest itself in lots of different ways. We've even um, been buying people. There's a company who make cardboard um, desks that you can you can deliver to people. I think we've got sixty of our team now. I've got one. I've got a stand up cardboard desk that you just put together and put away so you know some of my team i noticed we were doing zoom calls and they were sat on their bed or they were sat on a sofa you know they were at home with their parents or with their brothers and sisters and stuff like this and they hadn't really got office space so we provided everybody with a desk who needed one you know all the if they want a chair they come to the office and take a chair so we've just tried to make it as a home from home as possible you finished now <laughs> sorry yes <laughs> I'm um that's a bang okay. that drum uh, no, no, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, I was just, I was just going to ask actually around the engagement data, um, and you know that's going up. Do you share that back to the workforce? Do you, do you because I mean it's it's something that you should be extremely proud of. All those initiatives that you just said you should be very very proud of. Do you share that the increase in engagement data back to people? 
It's sick of me talking about it, Anna. I mean, we do a quarterly update for the whole business. You know, Steve, myself, some of the other, some of the other chiefs, uh, we'll do a quarterly update on. We give them all the stats on the financials, uh, on the culture, lots of different things in there. Uh, so every quarter we update people on where the where the figures are. It's it's readily available for managers and people to use anyway. So that data is all available. Yes, so we share as, as often as we possibly can. Excellent, excellent. Um, so we're touching on remote management and um, you know the challenges that would come with that. Um, and obviously you use OpenBlend um, and launched at a time um, that you know we've discussed before was very timely um, with with lockdown. Um, can you can you spend a bit of time talking about how Open Blenders helped the transition to remote working as well? Yeah, I think Open Blend, um, I think you're right. We, we started engaging with you and we started the rollout of Open Blend before lockdown. And actually, if anything, I think it's actually helped us because we've got that captive audience. We were looking for that technology to help our managers speak to their teams and speak to them in a way that, you know, as you put it, it's people centric. You know, of course, you know, your, your actions and objectives are important, but actually, particularly in times like this, that relationship with, uh, with, with people's managers and the teams is, is so, so important. And Open Blend has certainly helped with that. Um, I think the amount of people who are using it, the numbers are really high. The engagement levels with it are really high and the feedback we're getting is excellent. I know, you know myself, when I've been speaking to my team and you've been using Open Blend, they're, they're conversations that I wouldn't normally have had. Uh, and they're driven by the, the, the structure of the tool. It, it feels quite free-flowing. And yet, um, you know, the, as I said, the, the nature of the conversations is, is, is far, has got far greater depth than probably anything I've ever used before. And obviously, an open blend houses um, well-being, you know, only around sort of happiness, um, ability to manage stress and confidence. But do you, do you find, I mean, I only bring this up because you mentioned that you've got some wellbeing sort of initiatives running. Do you find that it's proving to be a useful facilitator of that conversation on, on a one-to-one level as well? Yeah, on a pers- personally, yes, I do. Um, you know, we tend to start with that conversation every time. There's, there's always a check-in, you know, that's, that's my personal start point. Um, okay. So as you say, um, you know, we, we can talk about metrics all day long, but actually finding out how somebody is and really engaging with somebody at a proper level. If we're talking about, if, if we're an organisation that talks about culture, then culture's people. So really those conversations should start with people. And as I said, I think Open Blend really does help us facilitate that conversation. And it also helps managers to have that conversation as well. And it asks, you know, it enables the questions, and enables the environment, I think, for, the, for those conversations to take place. Um, so what, taking it back to you again, what, what's important to your, in your work-life blend? What, what are the sort of drivers that underpin you thriving and performing to the best of your ability? Making a difference has always been a huge one for me. It's, it's feeling like that. I'm, I'm, I, I say adding value. My chief exec says, yeah, one day you will. You know, we have a good, good laugh <laughs> about it. But, you know, I think feeling like I'm making a difference and adding, adding value is really important to me. I think autonomy is always really a big part of my personal driver. And I think the, the way we do work at Gymshark, you know, we, we give people lots of autonomy. Obviously, there are guidelines, obviously, there are things we need to achieve. But on a personal basis, those are things that are really, really important to me. And having those conversations and making sure that we're checking in on, on the things that are important to me, then equally uh, makes me feel like I am making a difference. So actually, you know, um, the open blend tool helps with that as well. So you so you obviously have your open blend sessions with Steve, um, and how how can you give any insight into how they're helping you? Because I mean we talk about people, we talk about remote management, but 
it, everybody's in that situation, aren't they? So how have those conversations with Steve helped you? Um, I'm going to throw a spanner in the works here, Anna, because actually Steve and I are using it in a slightly different way than we know. You, you might want to cut this out. I don't know. <laughs> it depends how you're using um, it. <laughs> well, actually, one of the first questions Steve said to me was, well, who's going to do my open blend? Because obviously there's a chief exec and he has nobody to do his open blend. So we made an agreement that actually he's my line manager, so he does my open blend, but I also do his open blend with him as well. So it's, it's quite an interesting dynamic. So it right. feels like much, it feels like a real level playing field, to be honest with you. Um, and as I said, you know, I think, I think you, you, you talk about things that you wouldn't normally talk about. You find out things about people that you wouldn't normally find out in a work environment. And that's not intrusive or it doesn't feel intrusive in any way at all. But actually, you start to talk about things that maybe are important to you and the drivers for you that, that you wouldn't normally articulate in a normal sort of ordinary one-to-one -one conversation, face-to-face -face or not. It doesn't really make any difference. You know, it works whether you're sitting next to somebody yeah. or it's definitely working remotely as well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, you know, you've just been saying then, it's actually what it's doing is feeding into the relationship, the rapport, how you know each other, the kind of communication that you have. It's nothing to do with whether or not you're face-to-face -face or remote it's just about building that relationship okay that's I remember great. when we I remember the day actually I don't know whether you know about this the day that you introduced us to open blend and as a, as a people team at Gymshark we, we, we did a bit of a bit of a trial with it and one of the ladies who's with us Kaylee who it was her first day with us so she yes, was I remember her. an away day yeah mm. and Kaylee sat with um I can't remember who Kaylee sat with I think she sat with Beth and, and spent half an hour talking about open blend and one of her piece of feedback from her afterwards was she said she, she worked at her present company with her manager for three years and her manager knew nowhere near as much as she just shared with Beth in half an hour yeah. of, you know, on, her, on her first day in the company. And straight away, I thought, you know, there's, there's something, something quite special about this. If you can get to that level of understanding and that level of openness so quickly, then that tells me something about, about the way it's structured. Yeah. Whatever situation's going on, um, you know, with with coronavirus, you know, that's that's obviously an enormous um, change uh, to the way we're working. But actually, in day to day, we're dealing with change all the time. And I think what underpins any kind of change is the strength of the relationship that you can have between a manager and a direct report. Because if you've got that communication line going, then you know you you can manage that. So, um, yeah, I think it's 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 key to to understand each other. Okay, so final question for you. So, in your current role, what one thing that would you like to focus on or implement that you haven't done already that you believe would have a significant impact in Gymshark? I think, as I said, I mean, the culture at Gymshark is, is so important and the legacy for Gymshark is really important. And I suppose, I suppose one thing that I'd like to think that we will do more of that will make a positive impact certainly in, is, the, is the BAME agenda currently. I think more recently, you know, I don't think um, I don't think I've got a racist bone in my body for actually starting to understand the agenda and starting to understand mm. the challenges of the BAME community. Um, I've started to realise how deeply ingrained in 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 society this is, and I think as an organisation, I think Gymshark are in a position where we have such an impact on our external community. Um, in a positive way that we, you know, we really need to to walk the walk the talk and do that internally as well. So I think that the, the BAME agenda for me is huge at the moment. And it, if there's one thing I'd like to be part of uh, yeah. and have an impact on is to, it's to improve that and to really um, have that as part of, 
the fabric of Gymshark. Now, I think we are quite inclusive, but I think, as I say, more recently, I've realised we've got a long way to go, and I think we can really lead the way on this. I think we've got we've got board buy-in. I think we've got um, you know we've got buy-in across the organisation, but I think that's something that we, we we have to do. I think it's 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 our moral duty to do that, and I think I'd like to be a part of a big part of that. So, um, you know, I think if if um, if we're the organisation we say we are. And I believe we genuinely are. Then, then you'll see a big change in in how we operate, both internally and externally, over the next couple of years, and consistently from then on. Yeah, and I, and I think that's hugely responsible as well because you are Gymshark is this iconic company, um, an organisation, and does lead the way um, and is very progressive. And if you're out there outwardly demonstrating the you know the the focus around um, this, then you'll inspire so many other people as well. So yeah, that sounds like a great one. Okay, fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dave. You've been a great guest. I've really enjoyed listening to um, yeah, everything about you and the organisation. Um, if you want to learn more about our work with Gymshark and other clients, then you can go to our website at openblend.com where you can also um, do your own uh, uh, test around your individual work-life blend and what's right with you, or you can arrange to uh, have a demo on how to see it so you can see Open Blend and how it can help for your organisation and how it can help you create a people-centred culture. So thank you very much for listening. (laughs) 